Digital Marketing Radio, episode 101, Infographic Marketing. DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with digital marketing experts. Catch up with all the previous episodes on DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain Today I'm joined by Danny Ashton. Danny, welcome to DMR. Thank you, and I'm glad to be on uh, 101 episode, which is great. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not the room, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny's founder of Neomam, um, a visual content agency based in Manchester, UK. Um, you can find them over at neomam.com. So Danny, you decide you, you describe what you do as visual content marketing. Um, what would you say is the difference between visual content marketing and infographic marketing? Well, I suppose it, it's more of a kind of positioning point, uh, but I think infographics are a format within the visual content in content space. So, yeah, you had article marketing back in the day, which was just articles, mm-hmm. and then you, that developed into content marketing. And I suppose with visual content, we're, it, it's very similar to, to, to the content marketing side of things and obviously developing concepts that engage with audiences. But uh, for, for what we do, we're very we're all about the, the kind of the visual side of things. So looking at how the visuals themselves are going to support the message or the concept that we're doing. So it, it could be infographics, it could be kind of visuals, it could be GIFs, it could be videos, it could be interactive experiences. And so it's just to kind of give a, a kind of full range of, of, of what we do. And often with, with any new kind of uh, format and any kind of uh, new area, we're always looking into the next 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 big thing as well so we've, we're always looking into there but for us it's going well, we only look at the visual stuff so we're not we've not got plans to you know, start getting writers and the rest of that whole kind of expertise we're more about you know working together within that format and seeing how that works to you know support our clients goals i remember years ago um visual and moving visuals used to be about um horrible things like splash flash pages and uh, you don't get involved with anything like that do you no, no, certainly not. Well, I, I come from a kind of SEO background. So, you know, Flash was all the big, you know, the big the big fear that we had with clients. So, you know, you open it up and it, the whole thing's built in Flash and it couldn't be read and the, and the rest of that. But um, I, I, I kind of came through it from the, the promotion outreach side of content, you know, a link builder from the early days and then kind of developed into that area. Um, but yeah, w- when I got there, you know, HTML, uh, five was already, you know, Flash was already kind of old school, and uh, no one was talking about it. So yeah, we haven't done it. Maybe it'll come back like anything. I don't. Everything, not nothing's dead. Um, but it's the same with kind of you know widgets. I remember when you know I kind of first started, you know, with uh, putting stuff on Dig Front Page and what have you. And uh, widget bait was the the big thing. You know, do people came in widgets, getting them out there, getting getting uh, in loads of trouble with Google, and that's kind of slowly come back. And uh, you know, we were we're looking at those type of practical you know interactive kind of not widgets they're calling something different now <laughs> okay. I, I remember um um a few years ago things like um if you built your own wordpress theme um you'd have um probably a link back to your website from the bottom of that uh, and that that was a, a similar kind of thing that was done with widgets um is it worthwhile at all doing that now from an seo perspective well, I think that, yeah, the big thing with the widgets when it happened was that, you know, the, the issue that Google had, which is a fair issue, was that often people using it didn't know they were linking to, uh, you know, online education.org or whoever that was. Apologies. I think they've already been penalized, so we're all good on that. Um, but it was, 
you know, there wasn't the control over the anchor text and people could play with it and people could. So we, we never recommend that. I think with uh, embed codes in general, they can be quite useful because you know, they can allow non-tech savvy people to, to, to post it and, and to credit it in the correct way. But the credit just has to be very simple, very basic. Well, these made it, this, this URL did it. So no kind of tricks to try and direct them through to your e-commerce uh, product page or anything like that. Just keep it, keep it really simple as if they were, you know, as if they were doing it themselves and, um, and and it can work. But what you'll generally find is the big, the big journalists, you know, they're, they're not going to be using embed codes or anything like that. They're just going to be, they're going to, you know, they're going to be credit in their own way in the way that they work. Um, often with a few emails to, to ask them to, to do it properly, but you know, that's our job, I suppose, to do that. So, um, Infographics then can they uh, be used for um, just brand building and direct traffic uh, building at the moment, or are they still any good for SEO as well? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's seen. It, I think there's still a, a kind of a valid form of uh, you know, of link building of supporting, uh, you know, and, and, and there's many people out there using that as part of a content uh, mix. Um, certainly, like anything, if you only to to use that then you know potentially there there's risk as it was with, with anything um but the way that we see it is that infographics are there to as as one element to support your overall kind of uh, content marketing goals so you know if if they help to tell that story in an in in effective manner um and and they do it for the right budget you know that that's often the the the, dis, the discussion that has to be had is saying well we want to produce content around these different subject matters we want to alleviate these problems uh, so we want to look at how we do that and if 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 creating a you know a listicle or a you know a gif can achieve that for you know a tenth of the price of a full-scale infographic or interactive experience then of course that's the approach you should take but often you know a lot of what our clients are doing is to create something that is is in depth is in detail and they want to get you know a really wide reach with it and and, and still to this day, I know I'm, I'm always open to it. If someone tells me that there's a format that is more shareable and is more open to uh, you know, sharing with publishers and, and bloggers and influencers, then we'll certainly be the first on it. Uh, there isn't as of yet, I believe, and, and if anyone wants to kind of tell me otherwise, a, a content format that can be shared further and wider than the, the, the current static infographic. Go and tell Danny, everyone. <laughs> what, what, what's your Twitter ID, Danny? It's just my name, Danny Ashton. Danny so, Ashton. Yeah. So go and tell him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I, I mean, yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, in relation to that, um, is there any ever a case actually to have um, a no-follow link um, within your own embed code, or is that just being a little bit too careful? I mean, we try not to to think about the kind of the SEO mindset, and and we're, we're quite we're quite clear on that when we when we're working with our clients. For us, if it makes sense for for the publishers, it makes sense for the the overall goals to achieve it. Then it it makes sense. I think often getting too kind of caught up on, um, you know, even even the plan itself saying, well, we need twenty five percent no follow sites, we want fifteen percent from the UK and all this stuff. Mm. I think it's the wrong. I personally think it's the wrong mindset to approach. Uh, content in general and actually it should always be about the the audience what they're expecting and and and, and how far we can get it and how how far and wide the, the challenge will always be getting real people to take action and real people to, to publish it and uh, that's the that's the number one challenge that you're working on and and the little things you know i wouldn't sweat it too much i mean yeah it's yeah, if if if, if that, I, I I we we personally wouldn't do that, and we wouldn't wouldn't think like that, and I don't think it's the best way. But 
Right. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, um, I, I really like that answer because um, it reminds me of um, a very early internet marketing course that I saw. Um, I think it was back in something like 2004. Um, there was a guy called John Reese from the United States um, that did a, a, okay. a, a big training course called Traffic Secrets. And um, he did a big seminar himself. And then uh, there was a bit of interaction there. And um, um, some of the audience said, well, um, th the best way of actually being successful um, in SEO is to mimic nature. And 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 at the time, that was really, really good advice because um, instead of just doing lots of things like submitting your website to 2,000 directories, um, it, it was advising, well, co copy what would happen if your content got shared naturally um, and then try and get links from lots of different places. And, and that was a strategy that worked really well. Um, but um, what, what you're just saying is, is one step evolved from that and actually no you don't have to mimic nature you actually just have to be natural do things um, that are so great that people want to share them naturally and if you're not getting them shared naturally then perhaps your content isn't good enough to begin with completely i think i've i had a similar course a little, a little bit later on actually i think part of the same group and there was uh, I, th I think i don't know if but like dan Thies and leslie Rody were they did a, a course I can't remember with part of the same kind of crew of sure. people who were talking about this thing which at the time was you know, it was completely unfashionable and a lot of people were like well this stuff's working and and you know and it, it was during the you know the, the glory years of the of of, of 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 link acquisition if you want to call it that mm. and, and and I remember I, I spent a lot of time on that course actually and it, it was it was it was really good there's a lot of stuff that wasn't right but the course fundamentals were the same uh, and his big big argument against and he, and he said it back when you know no one was listening I mean, people were listening certainly i wasn't a few other people were um but where it wasn't you know it wasn't like it is now where it's you know just you can just you know, say it, it's a cliche or whatever you know do it for real but he was saying look it's not so much an issue that it's not going to work now or it's going to get you in trouble because that he didn't know that but it's more about where do you want to put your time into to invest into a system that is going to exist or the one that isn't going to exist and i think that's that for me was when the penny dropped and i was i was a you know a spammer as much as the as the next person i used to do my own affiliate sites i used to buy you know, link wheels i used to build them myself they're still on the web today i'm, yeah. I'm ashamed of it um, you know all the rest of it but when he kind of put that case and he, and you know and you followed and i'd, I'd already been doing things like link bait so i knew what that felt like as well as on a personal level it felt good it felt like i'd achieved something whereas building you know a squiddy page link into a hub page link into an easy and link into that mm. it, it didn't feel you, know, you knew it wasn't great but for him saying it's not so much about the how it works if it works or not it's you're wasting your time because eventually you're going to throw that back and and i'm glad that i didn't you know and many people probably would have scaled these machines up with hundreds of people even outsourced building these absolute link uh, you know spam farms or whatever and and they invest a lot of time and money and it would have been so hard for them to then say ouch this isn't working and no one no one likes doing that and everyone has to do that in their job and i think for me that was it it's like do you want to waste time and it's like you know that was the big thing in my head which was like well if i'm going to build something i want to build something that's still going to last in 10 years time because i don't like changing my mind and doing more you know different things so yeah and then there was a lot of people preaching that and and not i don't think as many people listening but i think you are now the truth is you have to do it for real you have to do it right, and if, if you don't, it's obvious, and you, and you just can't perform at the level that's required.
Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it was it's very easy to actually um, follow the route of going down there, just just building links. Because I mean, I, you know, back over ten years ago, I'd I'd um, one web page um, using Google AdSense that was making more than a hundred dollars a day for a couple of years, just a single web page, and um, it would have been it was, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and it would have been so easy just to replicate that and just keep on going, but. Um, in my heart, I knew it wasn't a long-term business model, and um, you know I didn't particularly enjoy doing it. So even though I could have made more money back then, um, I'm kind of glad that I didn't, and I tried to focus on better ways of doing things. I mean, I actually, I mean, there's a client who I work with to this day, and he's he's a good friend of mine. And I, when I met him, I was very new to, I was still freelancer, and I was doing little bits of work with him and working on my own sites. And he had an empire of about, I think it was about £40,000 a month wow. AdSense yeah. payment. Uh, and this guy was doing the same thing as you. He got a few sites that worked $100, you know, and he was, and he just decided to, because he doesn't come from digital marketing or anything like that. He, he is a different industry. And he just went, I'm going to scale this. And he scaled and he scaled before no one was scaling. And and the truth was he, he built this empire, but he, and I, I'll, you know, it's, it, it, every one of those sites is now banned. And, and there'll be plenty of other examples of those. And, you know, some of those people were able to like use that to you know develop other things, but and 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 it might have been that you know maybe I was the fool for not spamming harder <laughs> at the time and just cashing out, and, and and I'm sure there's plenty of people like that, but you just got to know what your personality is, and I know it's like I don't like change, like whether it's in my personal life or my work life, I like to 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 know that I'm building something you know that's going to last, that I'm not wasting my time because. Um, I mean, you're not always wasting your, and there's plenty of skills I'm sure people learn, but it's having a machine. You know, I know that the, you know, the the process that I've developed maybe four years ago has been improved upon, improved upon, improved upon, but it's still the fundamentally the same thing. And so it's not like the time I've, you know, in each time you're adding to it and adding value to it that, you know, you want this time. And I know the kind of content that we produce is still going to be, it's going to be improved upon, but it's going to be the same thing we're not going to have to change our business model or or look at new new avenues for revenue or anything like that because yeah i hope so anyway <laughs> yeah absolutely look so, back so, on this podcast and be like oh yeah no <laughs> <laughs> what was i saying <laughs> um so to, to, taking it back to infographics a bit um obviously you'll see a lot of businesses doing them well and some doing maybe not so well what are the few of the mistakes out there that um you can advise people not to do Okay, so uh, I would say the fundamental mistake is a uh, just too 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 product focused. This is like all this is what everyone does, everyone when they start. And I, I say that we 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 did it ourselves, and that's the thing, right? We sell widgets, so we got to do an infographic about widget, and and I think the problem with that is that you know you're not if you were just to create an advert and then you were going to put some advertising money behind it, that may be the the correct procedure, but with content marketing infographics whatever it's all about providing value to the audience and by that very fact value to the publishers because the publishers choose to uh, feature the content because it has value to them inherently because their their audience will enjoy it and they will benefit from shares views and everything else like that the challenge if you do something with this is very product focused is that a publisher is just going to say well i don't know if that's got value to my uh, to my and it seems like an advert and so the first thing you're going to come across is people just not going to run it they're not going to reply to you to, to your messages and and it and it doesn't mean that you have to go mad and go on the other side of things which i certainly did in, in my early career which was like just do it it's about something wacky uh, do it something about cats do it something and, and that might work but it still doesn't 
alleviate the issue because publishers are going to be like, well, why have you created that? I think the, the the very basic thing is to look at, well, what is it that my product, my widget alleviates that problem? And what are those, and, and, and how can I support a potential customer in those problems? So what, what is it even, maybe I have a problem with my product itself. They might, you know, you know, the, 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 uh, Examples are endless. I'll give one example, which was a, a florist, for example, that we're working with at the moment. Um, and they have, obviously, they sell flowers. So part of the ideation we did for them was to look at flowers and look at the, the issues with that. And one of the issues that a lot of florists have is that the flowers die quickly. Um, not particularly like earlier than uh, competitors or anything like that, but they do. They do. Uh, they, that is one of the issues. And so we produced a piece of content to make them last longer very simple very and we go into detail and we, and we do the rest of it and you can use things like hairspray but whilst it, it is talking about you know his product is not going well i know this florist flowers are, are, are great and these are, are great or um this is why we were we're big in our industry it's more about look this is a problem and it could be applied to you choosing any of your you know of your competitors but it adds value and in exchange for that publishers are willing to run it they're willing to actually ask for your advice you know what do you why why have you put this together uh, ask for your expertise and the rest of it because you're giving something as well so i think it's it's about giving something before and then if if you do want to push it a bit more then you wait for to be asked it's just just i think that's kind of general common sense really okay that's that's a great a few tips there. Um, so what about over the coming year or so? Um, do you think there are likely to be any significant changes to infographic marketing or visual content marketing? Um, uh, and if so, what? If, if anyone's been involved in infographics or done them themselves, they'll know that it is getting harder, um, as we do with any sort of content format. So if you look back to 2010, say, um, when we kind of just, just started really, and I look back at the infographics we produced, they weren't great. We were doing them on a very limited budget and we were getting great results. And as with any new thing, you know, you have to invest more and more into it and more time into it to, to make it stand out from the crowd. The truth is there are lots of other people doing uh, you know, good infographics. It, it hurts me to say, but they, there is. And also even publishers are getting involved. So this is one of the big challenges that uh, we see as an agency is that uh, companies like Mashable Business Insider, they are producing their own infographics because they've seen what we're doing as, a, as an industry and they think that works really well. We don't want to have to rely on you know running their stuff for agencies' clients. We want to develop that for ourselves. And looking at the bu uh, BuzzFeed, um, like their, their model as well, is that actually the, the publishers are going to have to, they, they, they develop the infographics for clients for themselves as well. So the, the competitors are on all sides, as with any market that, uh, that generates revenue. So I think I often look to the, to the, to the publishers getting involved and in producing their own content formats, because if they do, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be darn sure they're not going to run it. And, and that's the problem with you know, anyone trying to get on Mashable now is the, the, the reply is uh, we, we produce our own infographics, but thank you very much. So, so that's going to be the challenge. If everyone starts running their own infographics, then we're going to be in a hard spot. You know, there may come a time where everyone's got their own uh, infographic design uh, company or publisher. Um, so there isn't going to be that avenue. So you're going to have to look at how do you develop something more. It's interesting, yeah, because a lot of um, businesses out there are certainly starting to understand that they need to be thinking about being a publisher themselves, producing their own quality content, you know, engaging their users. Um, would you say that um, the majority of businesses are actually starting to do it well or there's still a lot of room for improvement there? Um, so I'll give you examples of, uh, of, of our experience. So we work a lot with UK business and US business primarily. 
I would say that the US is certainly on the content marketing side of things are very far ahead. Uh, I would say uh, probably in years in, in regards to how they think about it. That's not to say that there isn't um, UK businesses that are are doing it well and, and completely understanding and get it. But certainly as an example of you know, speaking to potential clients or clients within the US, they're certainly teaching us a lot of things and we're getting a lot back. Whereas I, I do look to the UK market, I think um, just from a, a purely point of view of, you know, how, why should we develop this type of content? Uh, you know, why do we have to create for the publishers of mine? Why can't we just create adverts? And, 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 the, and the very, uh, the discussions that you have usually on a very, at the start of your learning process is, is it does just happen a lot more in the UK. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that, I think that's kind of, kind of where we are with it currently. That's interesting. So still a long way to go. Well, uh, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with software, I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? I would say for me personally, and obviously I use a few different tools, but I'd say Buzzsumo is ultimate right. uh it is the you know I've, I've spoken to the guy who kind of runs it and i just i mean i was doing a lot of ideas today so i'm still involved in the ideas process for our clients and um, just mainly because there's quite a few people on holiday as well this week but the this tool is is key it's a tool that actually we were building until it got released so it, you can imagine that we really really love it so it all it does is it, it I, I don't know if you've come across it yes yeah or, absolutely yeah 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 so it, it obviously pulls in all the all the data and they're always developing it as well so there's a new thing that came out this week even um i've not found like use that in any any level of depth but just having something that you can know um you know what kind of content's doing well but like any tool, and this is going to be applied for everything, and I'm sure you'd agree, is that it's still it's not perfect. You can't just have a monkey sat there and, and it'll pump out good ideas. It is a tool, and it has to be used. And certain things it works really well at, and certain things it doesn't. Uh, and it, and still, every day I'm trying to find new things. So I'm working on a a blog post at the moment, which is my entire ideas process. So it's pretty much eight years of my life <laughs> developed into a, a, a blog post. I'm at the introduction stage, and it's 800 words. So I feel like it might be a bit of a long one. But you're it's, writing it's a book. Exciting to do. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah, I thought maybe a little book, but we'll we'll see. Probably just a super long parallax scrolled uh, uh, post. It's incredible the length of some blog posts nowadays. It's quite common to get blog posts which are five thousand words plus long. It's just nuts. No, yeah, I think it's it's one of the things that people talk about. I think Brian Dean talks about this that <clears throat> you should have you know, more in depth blog posts. I mean, I if every time I write a post, it has to be long, and I don't do it because I. I want to get you know more key more words in there or something. It's just more that you, you want to make your message across because the truth is a blog post is perfect for that. You know, it's it, people will sit down and read it or they'll send it to the Kindle. I think. So okay, Buzzsumo, that's a great recommendation. Um, here's a slightly more challenging question: What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think the the tool that I like the idea of, and I just. I don't want to spend the money on, which is probably the, the thing is, is Gorkana. So yeah, it, yeah. it looks for kind of people who work in the media. It is quite expensive. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, we, we're still, you know, we're still a small agency. So it's trying to, and, and, it, and you have to pay up front for a year. So, you know, it's, it's waiting for that time that's right for us. But I, I do think it would be a very cool tool. And it's one of them where you just have to use quite a lot to make sure you can get the value from it. 
I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I used to work in agency. And often uh, when I look back at my time at, my, uh, at the agency that I worked at, which was a large agency, I spent a lot of time just doing what I like to do, which was link bait and, and not doing much work, to be fair. Uh, but I was in an agency that was a, a part of a, you know, a big, uh, very successful agency that used to pitch, bring big clients. And I just ignored all of that stuff. I ignored the HR. I ignored the, the way that the agency run, how they price things up, which right now or throughout this time of running my own agency would have been pretty, pretty darn useful. So I do think back of those times and think I wish I wish I had at least some of it rubbed off on me. I know I did. We, we have, you know, we have done okay. Um, so, but yeah, I would have certainly spent a lot more time printing out documents, taking hard drives that works. So I don't know if that's completely legal, but um, I would have at least kicked my my eyes open and, and, and t- took more from what the management were doing. The this or that round. Okay, this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions and just two rules here. Uh, try not to think about the answer too much and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So, ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. No, Google Plus. No, both. I don't know. I don't hate you both of them. <laughs> Online press releases or one on one relations? One on one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO, yeah. <laughs> email contact form or telephone number? Email contact. It's a lot easier to track. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global, definitely. Oh, you handled uh, just the one both there. That uh, what's your what's your issue with Facebook or Google Plus? Well, I've I've uh, removed myself from Facebook now ten months, so I'm clean. Uh, I know that seems mad as a person who works in uh, online marketing, but okay, clean, clean as and just just take it, just like got rid of all your friends, but stayed as admin of a page, or just just completely obliterated your life from no, there. No, completely obliterated my personal account, so I don't have a personal Facebook account. Right. Um, I do need to delete it, which is my next stage, but it's completely deactivated. Um, Although I did have to use it for an Airbnb booking about six months ago. But yeah, so I'm, I'm completely off that. Uh, Google Plus, I don't use really, I have to say. I know some people love it. Um, I, I pretty much my only piece is, is Twitter. And even then, I've sometimes switched that off from time to time. Just because I'm a big, I, I think there's a lot of things that you can waste time on. So for me, Twitter is not so much a network until it's more of like my soap opera. So I use it to kind of look at the world and... and I, and that can't sometimes isn't useful. Sometimes it, it is useful. Whereas I know there's plenty of things that I can be getting on with with my time where I'm not in a kind of you know this. You know, I think uh, Lyndon put it put it closely as saying you know he, he he described creating content as like you know create, creating crack for the for the for the audience of the world. And you have to be careful that you don't become as a dealer you don't become a user. So I feel like especially spending time on Reddit and, and these places that I have to do to to kind of pull ideas it's quite easy to go down that rabbit hole and lose two hours of your time, especially when I don't have a boss. So I have to, I have to be very hard on myself to, to, to defend my, my time. I have to work. 
The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Well, that's a, that's a, I should just say infographic, shouldn't I? But um, $10,000 to spend. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably just develop a really in-depth piece of, piece of, I'd probably just hire the Neomam team if I didn't have to do the work myself and get them to produce a, probably for that price, if I can, you know, I could negotiate as I, I do seem to know a few of them, I'd probably get a nice interactive uh, infographic, I think would, it would be quite nice. We, you know, we produced one back in June of 2013 and it was definitely our, biggest driver of links 670 referring domains which is is great but also traffic it's still our number one driver of traffic beyond every the whole site by about three times today so that's like you know a year and a bit Uh, and also as my lead generator it's great now i don't know if we could repeat that success but certainly that would be something that i would if i were to spend the money um because it is very hard you know you know for, for for often what we do is is as much time that goes into it than than having the cash, uh, just because it's often the, the, the having the, the, the time of myself or having the time of the managers that we have to actually come up with things. Um, so yeah, if I if I could hire the team and they wouldn't have repercussions on clients, then I'd do that. <laughs> I spoon fed you an easy answer there, didn't I? <laughs> My number one takeaway. Well, Danny, you've offered a, a lot of great advice in our conversation there, but what would you say is the number one takeaway? Yeah, so I think seeing in in content marketing as a you know the first thing that anyone should do is identify who their digital audience is and it's the same as identifying your audience in the, in the real world and i think that exercise itself if you go through and it isn't it, you know pick up any small business marketing book uh, there's one by t blick on amazon which i found really really useful and there's a chapter in there uh, about how to identify your audience so what is it that your product does uh, who, who do you normally sell to and breaking all those things down and, and having that before you even think about buying blog posts, infographics, interactives, whatever, which is often the opposite of what most people do. And, and saying, like, who do we want to speak to? And spending all that time in that process to, to see what they're already sharing, what they already care about, what issues they may have. It makes, I promise you, makes the life, your life a lot easier and, and also means you've got more opportunities. You'll get far better results as well. It's taken me you know five or six years to get there but that's pretty much the one piece of advice find who your audience is before you even start doing anything and it'll get a lot cheaper and it'll be a lot cheaper in the long run as well great stop shooting in the dark (laughs) exactly well yeah great piece of advice and um well that takes us to the end of our discussion today so thank you so much for your time and your advice um what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and um what you do well I'm, i'm not on facebook but i am on twitter so danny ashton is on my twitter and just check out the, uh, the the Neomam site. We've got nice uh, case studies and portfolio of what we do. We, we spend quite a bit of time building our site. And people seem to like it. So uh, neomam.com, M-A-M.com. Great stuff. Okay, well, thanks again, Danny. Thank you, David. Great. Okay, well, uh, we'll see you next time on... Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.